0: good evening to you, sir. Indeed it is. And what have we gathered here today to speak of? A
1: uh, film by the late, great Stanley, Stanley
0: Kubrick. How auspicious a day.
1: Yeah, uh, this is the first Kubrick movie we've covered. Yeah. As two white men in their twenties. Right. Um, I feel like that's you think fairly common. It's remiss for yeah. us to call ourselves cinema. <laughs> uh, purveyors of cinema
0: greatness and not And not to
1: mention Stanley
0: Kubrick. Apparently I should be handing in my badge and gun.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: That we were definitely given. Yes, absolutely. Barry Lyndon. 1975. Fuck, man. And, you know, like most of everything that that we end up watching, it holds up really, really well. It's exceptional. And like most things that you show me... (laughs) I would be to use a word that you used not five minutes prior. <laughs> uh, I would be remiss to mm-hmm. say that this wasn't part of my favorite film collection. Now this is amazing. Top two, top ten podcast for two people. Uh, films. Yeah, PFTP top ten. <laughs> oh, uh, we should do that someday. We should maybe someday when we when we have a, a library of uh fine cinema Accouture. yes but no um so fucking great so fucking great it is uh probably by far and wide now my favorite uh um piece of like historically semi-accurate films uh so fucking great period piece top tier top Yeah. not
1: I mean I couldn't point out to you like oh that's accurate that's accurate that's yeah. not accurate right. that's accurate um but I don't know. It does, it does a it does a really good job of conveying the time and period. Yeah. Um, I read I read somewhere in a review of it that's I thought it was really good. It's a uh, 2001 shows you a future of Earth that may be. Right. That we might see in our lifetimes. Right. Whereas Barry Lyndon uh, shows you something that we can never see. Right. Yeah. We can't see you know 200. 250
0: years uh, ago. Aside from paintings that have been left for us. Yeah. Which is so fun to kind of put that into the narrative and the idea of the film because so much of it looks and feels like a painting in the best ways. It's
1: very evident. And uh, uh, Stanley, Mr. Kubrick himself uh, uh, would refer to them, refer to paintings of the era mm-hmm. by the Dutch masters. Yeah. Of which I can't name. <laughs> I'm not an art yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Um, to uh, kind of get his shots. Right. yeah. And there's so many good shots. There's so many. Um, right after the movie ended, I was like, you know, there was not one single fucking scene in that film that I didn't absolutely love because everything seemed so evident, so precise. it was the perfect perfect marriage of just imagery.
1: Uh, Martin Scorsese, yeah, uh, says he considers this uh, Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece.
0: And <laughs> if I could see all of his movies and and then come back to, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I would feel that same way, because this movie was, we only have like fifteen to go. Yeah, it uh, it really, really fucking hit me, man. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's so great. And, um, you know, to be quite honest, some people may see, like, a three-hour film as kind of daunting uh-huh. in, in a lot of aspects. You know, we covered The Irishman. Uh, that was another three-hour film that didn't even feel like 90. That's a longer movie, matter of fact. Yeah, and it, it just like these two movies have that in the same respect that they are so entertaining to just look at. You, you don't even notice time go by. You know? And um you've seen this now what, three times or four times? Four times. I first watched I I first watched it like back in
1: two thousand twelve, I think. Right. Um and then you know I had the I pretty much never touched the Blu ray again until recently. And I don't right. know, no, I just had something pop into my head. A Probably few total, weeks war. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> total war. Yeah. Total war popped in your head. And I was actually playing that game. Mm-hmm. At the, around the same time, I saw the movie. Really? So I, it's my my life is a circle. Yeah. That I can never <laughs> escape to your from. fish bowl. Yeah.
0: You are a goldfish.
1: But yeah, I don't know. I just and I've now I've watched this movie in like the past week, three times, as many times as I've first seen it. <laughs> four times. I've, I've watched this movie four times now.
0: What a roundabout way. Yeah.
1: But I don't know. I I could watch it again. It's just. Uh, I was gonna
0: say, I'm actually fairly jealous of that because, after it ended, I was like, "Holy fuck! I could literally just sit here and watch that again."
1: It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a movie. Where it's like you can just watch it and just be uh, uh, absorbed into the world.
0: Yeah, completely enamored.
1: Yeah, absolutely enamored. And, yeah, you're pretty much sad when it's over, not because of like the events that take place, but yeah, uh, the fact that you know the credits are about to roll, right? And I- you're gonna have to go back to your mundane life even though i probably would have hated living back then right because there's
0: no video games right exactly like we said in our uh arcade episode <laughs> what the fuck did people do before video games <laughs> i it couldn't be me yeah honestly because uh, ride a horse get kicked off of a horse and die <laughs> yeah. uh get shot in the leg and lose your leg huh. Papa. papa um Nary a sad drafted. day come, because innocence <laughs> dies today, and I will remain an angel. Yeah, I cannot die, for I am already an angel.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I could get, I could get abducted into the Prussian army.
0: Right. Yeah. Just you know, various terrifying things. I, um, one of the most comedic yet macabre and morose things I think is thinking about all the strange, goofy ways that people died you know, like, wandered into the very tall grass and just never came back. (laughs) Or, um, you know, like, a loose boulder fell from a rock and... uh, or from a rock side and uh, crushed him to death. (laughs) Fell off a wagon, got run over by 13 horses. You know, just
1: fucking awful, awful things. I remember... uh, This was, like, colonial America. So, Mm -hmm. like, 1600s. Yeah. 1600s, 1700s. I remember... Hearing a story, I can't remember the guy's name, but mm-hmm. he was pretty much executed by like uh, I think witch finders. Okay. Uh, they, like by Victor Saltspire. Yes. <laughs>
0: I can smell your heresy on the wind. uh, Your crime is your existence. (laughs) Your punishment is death.
1: Yeah, they put like a board and then just kept adding weighted stones. Yeah, dude. And then the dude apparently his last words were uh, was uh, more weight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I remember hearing that as well. I remember the Duke more weight. Yeah, just uh, as he gets like slowly crushed, slowly crushed, Uh, uh, stone pressing. I want to say it's called
1: that's. That's a fucking baller way to go out.
0: Yeah. Fucking also, like, awful. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. It's um, terrible.
1: I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I was going to
0: say, I think that they actually, uh, there was a reference to that character in a movie. Oh, Was it The Crucible? It might have been.
1: That's a movie I haven't watched
0: in a while. Right. I, I just, I remember watching that scene play out. And then um, when I had actually looked into the movie, because I have long since been like, I'm gonna look at the IMDb and look at all this. <laughs> but yeah, it, it said that it was actually based on like, you know, essentially just like a, a happening or a recorded happening um, of, of what you had just kind of described. And so, like this movie is also kind of based on something that might have loosely happened to several characters throughout the uh, the it would be the eight the eighteenth century, the seventeen hundreds, correct? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, The movie takes place from like seventeen sixty to like seventeen eighties. Right. You're not really given. Um, I, think, I, think it, I think it ends around like 1780 Or like late 1770s Right yeah Because um, they mention uh, Putting back. together a regiment To fight the rebels in the yeah.
0: colonies Yeah And that's with, and he with tells, quite a
1: bit of time Yeah that, that like lord tells uh, Barry to uh, raise another regiment And go with them Yeah. Which seems like
0: rude Exactly <laughs> Yeah like how about you uh, fuck off Back to those lands um just fucking wild honestly a very uh human tale very yeah um something that we've talked about quite a bit now um that i keep coming back to because i just can't put it down mm-hmm. uh before we were recording was you had brought up that a lot of people criticize kubrick of being kind of cold and um kind of held back somewhat very, reserved. Like,
1: reserved yeah the characters are not the focus of the movie, mm-hmm. pretty much.
0: Yeah, that they're simply just in the setting. They're just kind Kinda. of scattered like, like breadcrumbs in a house.
1: Yeah, I haven't really read too many Kubrick criticisms recently, but like... Right. Um, yeah, just yeah, this kind of detached yeah. coldness of his mm-hmm. movies, but I don't know, this one.
0: There's they haven't seen all like his movies. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you watch Barry Lyndon, and you start at a pretty interesting point in Barry's life where he's like, what I think I believe fifteen.
1: He's supposed to be like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. I uh, uh okay. First, the movie uh, based off of uh, William Makepeace Thackeray's 1844 novel.
0: Yeah. Uh, the life and times of Barry
1: Lyndon, my like squire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the book was um mostly told through a first person like mm-hmm. through a, a Barry's narrative almost there'd be in like a, other, in a diary there's like interspersed accounts of what happened mm-hmm. they were like third third fourth person or whatever the fuck you'd call it right I can't remember the exact literary term, but it's kind of like corroborate or debunk what he's saying
0: oh yes like almost like a footnotes kind of thing like yeah. at editor, here, yeah basically of, here. yeah like oh this didn't yeah. happen or He's
1: grossly exaggerated
0: the, the the proceedings, which they really bring together incredibly well in the movie with the narrator kind of poking in, uh, and, and it never like feels a, intrusive. It's yeah, it's welcome. I don't know, he has a nice voice. It's not it's not Harrison <laughs> Ford in the theatrical release of Blade Runner. So <laughs> there I was staring at something that resembled lizard skin in the bottom of a bathtub.
1: Yeah, but it's it's a it's like humorous. Um. Uh, it conveys uh, a lot of times you're told what's about to happen. Yeah. Before it happens.
0: Yet at the same time you're still left there with anticipation. Yeah. It's so well timed and well placed.
1: Uh, you know, it's like you're. If if it's like a sad scene, it's told with like. Uh, melancholy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It sometimes the occasional like kind of biting.
0: Satire. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. Like yeah, it's... And that was the other thing, too. Um, again, another layer to the cake is watching this. We we watched on Blu-ray. For one thing, it looks fucking spectacular on Blu-ray. And um, that's probably a section in which we will have to reserve to just kind of talk about how this film kind of got put together. <laughs> uh, we won't go into, like, the super deep uh, technicality bullshit of... Uh, like the types of lenses and so on and basically, so basically
1: yeah basically uh nasa technology was used
0: yeah and <laughs> having to like uh, to make a 18th century period piece <laughs> yeah yeah and having to um modify and manipulate uh present day uh cameras and things like that to allow them to use these lenses and um working incredibly hard using a lot of math and uh, and patience to deal with nature and lighting um, using, you know, candles, because it's the 1700s, and, um, you know, having to essentially kind of give that natural lighting without it making, making it seem like there's these fucking basketball stadium lights above everything mm-hmm. uh, that just wouldn't make sense. And that being said, this is not a dark film no. at all. It is so well lit, it is so perfectly lit. Everything looks natural and it's insane. It's so gorgeous. And um, a lot of, like you had kind of pointed out, a lot of wide angle shots and a lot of zooming out shots mm-hmm. that kind of give you the feeling of if you were almost nose, To canvas staring at a painting and then you took ten paces back and then you had the whole fucking painting in view. Yeah, and like you also watch it come to life like one of those fucking fucking Harry Potter pictures. Yeah, really (laughs) seriously. It's it's so great. It is so fantastic. But um yeah, it it it, again, it starts out in a very strange point in, in Barry's life where you know he's in Ireland. He's always been a gambler, apparently. Haven't
1: a guinea to his name.
0: Yeah. And uh, he's just essentially playing like a, like a... I don't know what card game they were playing, though. It almost Kill, looked like... Killarney. Killarney, yeah.
1: <laughs> I guess that's what she said when she won, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Killarney. Uh, but it, it... I don't know. It almost looked like it was somewhere between Uno and Go Fish. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and um, it was like strip Killarney? and he was playing with his cousin. Yeah, the first yeah, the first scene in the movie is
1: it's scandalous.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and she removes her choker, chonker, chonker and hides it like in her boobs. And there's a
1: uh, very clever uh, camera trick, I'm pretty sure one of the first like zoom out shots. Uh-huh. The 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 framing has her bosom like on it. pretty ample this way. I got to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching with my brother. I was like, "Ouch." Those will come into play later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't you worry about
0: that. Yeah. It's Chekhov's kind of, titties. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it, they actually end up being Chekhov's <laughs> boobs. And uh, it's just kind of funny because at first you're like, I'm just oh. I'm imagining like an old stern Russian man with a big <laughs> even pair of honkers. Why <laughs> <laughs> these be me boobs. <laughs> uh, no, like, it, it's kind of funny, though, because it's satirical in, in a way that's really easy to miss I feel like because mm-hmm. you're supposed to you kind of go in being like oh is that how we're starting this out yeah. and then you're like no actually uh, the boobs are a set piece <laughs> yeah.
1: that's how we're introduced that's the first scene we see Redmond Barry in
0: yeah and what a fantastic fucking character uh, he's like
1: yeah it's it's a very um he's like he's, he's selfish yep he's kind of out to make a name for himself oh yeah um but he's not. He has his virtues too.
0: Yeah. While he's an arrogant prick, he doesn't
1: care about people.
0: Yeah. And he doesn't necessarily put himself in super. Bad circumstances. Mm-hmm. It seems like he never he kind of over... reacts
1: accordingly to them. Yeah, I was gonna say in some cir- some some cases.
0: I was gonna say that like he doesn't necessarily overreach. He's somehow a likable guy, even though he does yeah. like some pretty shitty things. Uh, yeah, like not, not like, monstrous. Yeah, I was gonna say not like Walter White. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that. But like,
1: <laughs> if like one of your buddies did, it, you'd be like, dude, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> like <laughs> you're a piece of shit, man. I I can't hang out with you anymore. Like, let's keep in mind that a main plot point in the movie is that he marries into wealth, and then mm-hmm. he starts spending his his wife's money yeah, <laughs> to on, make a name for himself.
0: On the day of their marriage, when he's smoking a pipe, and she's, like, pretty d- disgusted by the smell of the pipe, but she's quiet, and she's, like, trying to be pleasant about it, and then she asks him kindly... Very kindly. Like, like incredibly kindly, please, can you just not smoke the pipe for a while? Yeah. Not... Not don't smoke that. It's, can you just not smoke like, it for a Like, might smoke for a while, yeah. And he, he says igno- nothing? No, he,
1: yeah, he just keeps doing it. Yeah. And then she, like, reiterates, and then he just turns and just blows smoke in her face and then plants a smooch on her lips.
0: Right, yeah, like, ugh,
1: what an asshole. And then the narrator says she was soon to... Uh, Fulfill a place in his life, no more important than the paintings and like rugs that decorated his house. Yeah,
0: like how fu- to to surround himself in a lavish environment.
1: Yeah, it's just yeah, like he pretty much married for status.
0: Yeah. Oh God, it's it's so sad because like it said and that like, all within that, six still, hours she yeah, fell
1: in love with him. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And despite all that, she still seems to really love this man. Yeah. because Because yeah. it's old-fashioned Irish ways.
0: Yeah. He's just uh he's explosive. He's uh wild and uncanny. He's a good father. Yeah. To his biological son. To his biological son, <laughs> not his very strange-looking half-son that they refer to as a stepson. I guess it's kind of Yeah. like Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess it's his stepson. They referred to uh, Brian's relationship with stepbrother, yeah. Yeah, as a stepbrother. Which is true, but they're also half brothers. I mean, I think that's just how that works. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Family. They share the same mom. Yeah. So. True. True. But yeah. <laughs> uh, regardless. Yeah. It's it's. Um, Who also
1: it's, seems to have him figured out from the beginning. Oh yeah. He like As a fucking it, uh, ten-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, like something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, there's just so many. There's so many fun things that you're able to pick up on. Even without being, you know, like a history buff, like you don't have to love history to love this film. I guarantee you that. If you don't like period pieces, I think you're still going to really like this film. There's a lot that happens. If you like
1: think you're settling into one setting, yeah, you're going to be saying goodbye to it pretty soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, it constantly moves, and there's even that fun intermission. Yeah, there's a fun intermission between Act One and Act Two.
1: Yeah. You got part one, Mm -hmm. by what means, Redmond Barry acquired the style and title of Barry Lyndon. Yep. And then like part two, it's like the many, I can't remember, but it's like the misfortunes. The many
0: misfortunes, yeah.
1: And tragedies that befell Barry Lyndon.
0: Yeah, how did he lose that title? Yeah,
1: first, yeah, it's like how did he he get what he got, and then Mm -hmm. second part it's how he lost it all. yeah. Which naturally, by the sound of that, the first half of the movie is a lot more fun than the second. The second one is <laughs> is yeah. the
0: other half of the sandwich, though. You know, it's it's yeah. what makes it. It's the condiments and the toppings. <laughs> you know, you need the meat and the cheese and the bread, <laughs> but what really pulls everything together.
1: I'm pretty sure that's what Kubrick wrote in his like, uh, yeah, design doc. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be a perfect sandwich. Yeah. It must be a perfect sandwich. I don't know how we talk about
0: it. Like right. Yeah, probably. Something like that. <laughs> but yeah, there's, the, uh, there's so many characters in it that come and go at the perfect times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to know them the perfect amount. You get to kind of understand how they operate, uh, how they react to each other, the things that are going on. It's perfect. And they never really act out of character. Um that was something that I really enjoyed. Uh kind of with the with the character, the Chaplain, uh Mr. Runt, mm-hmm. which was honestly a fantastic character overall. And you um, see he's pretty much just like it's not really integral to the story or anything. No, yeah, he's he's there. He's there in a lot of shots, but he doesn't speak much. And that was something else that you had said. Is this isn't it's not a, a dialogue-heavy
1: movie, really. Yeah.
0: It, it doesn't need to be, because everything else going on is so engaging. It's a lot of times so it's just engaging. Like, a lot of times, scenes in the movie
1: are just classical music of the era playing. Yep. While, like, people are sitting there and kind of whispering to each other. Yeah. Or, you know, like... in Lady Lyndon sitting in a bathtub while it zooms out, and her, like, French tutors, I'm guessing, are reading to her.
0: Right, Yeah. 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 And, and and we kind of find out, too, like, Barry Lyndon is an incredibly complex character, too. Because, you know, his, his misfortunes start simply because he fell in love with his cousin, <laughs> who is essentially trying to marry into money as well. Um, and it's kind of funny when you think back to uh, the kind of, like, small nuance. He... Had essentially ruined the marriage from happening, which was going to guarantee his family fifteen hundred, uh, fucking whatever money. Guineas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Whatever. Fifteen hundred a month of of something good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something that, that they, they did that they used over in Ireland. The they, Grady family needed or Grady. Yeah. No and so, he just like, would not let his cousin fall in love with this kind of piece of shit, um, John. <laughs> Quinn. John Quentin, Quentin, yeah, Quinn, just Quinn, and um, you know, like goes as far as uh, doing a duel with him, shooting him dead, as so or, or as far as he thinks, and um, just kind of like these really fun winding paths that everything takes, and then trying to run away, uh, taking pretty much just twenty gold coins, I think, with him, and then losing that and his horse everything that he had really Mm. which pushes him to join the army
1: it's it's a funny scene where he gets robbed it's just like the nicest fucking robber ever
0: yeah it's (laughs) it's it's really funny it's it's a testament to the time in which you know like
1: i mean i imagine like that was kind of like yeah he seems like a robin hood of the era Mm -hmm. but not stealing from the rich and giving to the poor it's like like he was a nice guy but he was still a fucking
0: thief Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was didn't matter who you were he was going to steal from you yeah And as long as you comply, you can leave.
1: (laughs) Your story's the most touching I've heard in some time. I will allow you to keep your boots, which I would normally have for myself. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, (laughs) thanks. And, uh, now, carry on. Fuck off. You'll be taking your horse, as we need to travel faster than you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, it's just kind of funny, like, the, the series of events that keep happening, um keep enticing you to want to see what happens within the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, what about five minutes from now? Five it becomes like a military movie for a while. Yeah, which was really fucking great. It was really great. Like, even if that's what it was for the rest of it, mm-hmm. um, at least, like, him joining the army, dealing with assholes in the army. Uh, there was a bare-knuckle boxing match Yeah, <laughs> uh, in in the middle of this. And then uh, getting reacquainted with a previous character that still turns out to be great. Um, oh, yeah. Jack Grogan. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. Grogan too soon. Grogon too
1: soon. <laughs> uh, watching. Like, oh, it's one of my favorite characters in the movie. Just because he seems yeah. like such a fucking cool dude. A stand-up dude. guy. He just tells him, like, yeah, no, I'm going to duel him. I don't yeah. give a shit. He's yep. not going to marry her. He's just
0: like, dude, you're all right. <laughs> yeah, like, I like that you stick to your guns. I yeah. like that you're so brash. you um, you just like me when I was your age. He's like, yeah. yeah. And then was just like, I, I make this much a month, and for as long as I live, you you'll You will not be have... in
1: want of anything while you're with me? Yeah. yeah. Just a, a good friend and benefactor to a very young and impressionable. Yeah. Who's kind of lost, at this point in the story, he'd kind of yeah. lost
0: his yeah. safety net. Yeah. He had to leave because he had allegedly or apparently killed uh, this Mr. Quinn, mm-hmm. who was...
1: A, a British officer.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say a like high-ranking officer of some some remark. Yeah, you know uh, enough to. Even
1: though he uh, was quite cowardly under fire. Oh yeah, yeah. They it say was he was like a, a lead. From but the I think back. He, was, he was more one of those soldiers you hear about who's more you know really good at marching and mm-hmm. the 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 pomp and circumstance or whatever.
0: Right. Exactly. And... But
1: he's trying not to like. He's trying to keep his composure when this child is raising a gun to him in a duel and then okay spoiler alert uh he wasn't his gun wasn't even loaded really with you know a shot yeah a plug of toe yeah i don't know what that is but it apparently it didn't kill him
0: <laughs> yeah what the fuck is toe something mm. like something really soft <laughs> right like could have been tar i suppose something like that yeah like tar in a ball so Should've he might have been shot with like a like a rubber ball kind of pretty thing pretty much yeah it's Something yeah.
1: that's not going to – I mean, as you can see in the scene, as you yeah. rightfully brought up, I, mean, I think yeah. even the first time I watched it, I was like,
0: oh, uh, he looks all right to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's no blood, but, like, he's in such shock because he just shot a man. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's it's one of those things where, yes, you do kind of have to use your noodle and infer, you know, here and there. Um, the other thing that you have to infer about, which might annoy some people, I didn't really find a problem with it though, was, um, the passage of time. Yeah. The passage of time is kind of hard to follow because he does, when he's 15, kind of look like a man in his like mid to late twenties. I
1: can't remember how old, uh, Ryan O'Neal was mm-hmm.
0: during filming, but he's, you know, twenties, thirties. Yeah. 30s. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he remains the same look for most of the movie until later in the movie when his hair begins to start slowly going gray. Like
1: I kind of wonder if that was like actually gray hair just, you know, yeah, wig. No. Right. Cuz yeah, I think I think so I don't know. I think he does have gray hair by the end of the movie. I'm yeah. not sure.
0: Cuz a lot of the hair, I want to say, uh seemed to actually be their hair. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure when uh, powdered wigs really fell out of...
1: And that was more of a French
0: thing. Yeah. The
1: English people sort of adopted.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we were looking at a lot of high, higher nobles and things like that. So I think that what we did see was, you know, like their hair actually kind of graying, doling out. Um, and and it's so well done. Like the the makeup and costuming department for this film... I, I'm not entirely meticulous. sure <laughs> if, they, if they got awards, but they fucking deserve them mm-hmm. because uh, something that I had said before is like, it was like they added the paint to the canvas and, you know, painted the characters, but it was up to the characters to then convey the overall feeling and emotion of the portrait. And both of those things were done so harmoniously that, you know, every, every character's look correctly displayed their character like you could just see them and get an idea of who they were or how they were um especially when we're talking about the chevalier de fucking balibali balibali yeah
1: who's actually a, an irishman yeah. under like a very cool disguise yeah like as a fucking eye patch and a big-ass goddamn wig yeah and he's all powdered face, up. Yeah. Beauty marks, diamond on the forehead. As you said when we were yeah. watching it, he's a JoJo's character. And his
0: stand name is Asus Spades. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's pretty much um, Darby. He is Darby. Oh, my God. and then he's Yeah, he's a master gambler, but yeah. actually just really good at cheating. But, you know, I really like that character.
0: Yeah, and that whole arc, too, was so great. Every time that there's a new character, there is a new arc. About to happen. I
1: remember the first time I watched it, I was thinking, like, oh, holy shit, he's about to be some sort of, like, political agent. Yeah. And he I was. was. Like,
0: oh my god, is there going to be, like, some layer of intrigue here where it's a fucking spy? And he's, film? like, yeah,
1: like, living a double life and.
0: Yeah, getting not on his. Trying to kind of walk uh, the
1: line between, you know, being, like, a Prussian spy. Yeah. Or be a spy on spies. Counter spy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Mad comics. While also trying to play along with this. Uh, Austrian agent, yeah, who's actually an Irishman pretending to be like a
0: Frenchman. That's layered. And also, yeah, he was also like getting like briefed on the way there about his identity. Yeah. Now it's like, holy shit! Like this is this actually a pretty good cover? How long is this gonna go? Yeah. And you know, when it's your first time watching, I really don't think that you're going to really know all the twists and turns. So I guess we're kind of telling you them right now.
1: Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if, if maybe you should just go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a good. It's a good movie. If you have, you know, to watch
0: on a nice on a nice afternoon. Right. Yeah. Get yourself a nice cold beverage, and uh, something to uh, relax with. <laughs> Be ready to set aside. Uh, you know, three hours and four minutes of your time. Um, and uh, yeah, I
1: do say four minutes, because like, we actually we sat through the credits.
0: Yeah, we really did. I, uh, it was uh, pretty nice to, to actually see everything kind of come together, come to the close. There was only one scene that I found strange in the whole thing, was that they decided for uh, the use of a freeze frame, uh, okay at the end when Barry Linden was actually getting in a carriage to leave the inn.
1: I think the point of that was because that's literally the last time we know of him. him. yeah, what we know of his movements we, yeah. uh, I guess everything else is just hearsay.
0: Yeah, I can I can enjoy that if I take it in that regard. Um, because everything else was a continuous shot. Mm-hmm. Every scene was like, you know, this is the scene. This is the scene. We don't need to snap between characters' faces so much, you know. Like, and and when it does, it's so subtle that you don't even realize that it's happening. And then you, you know, like you'll watch um, like action flicks or say, like you know, some of these modern movies where it's constantly snapping, um, from like character face to character face to character face <laughs> to character face.
1: Yeah, I guess I I've really come to appreciate movies that just. Stay fucking still for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe exactly. that's because I'm old, right? But um, and,
0: and we're done with like so modern shaky videos cam. and shaky cams and TikToks and. I
1: think I remember watching a Breaking Bad episode. There was like nothing going on. They're just saying they're whispering at each other, threatening stuff. Yeah, and they're shaky cam. Like why? You yeah, didn't
0: need shaky cam. Yeah, Do you like, like that doesn't cam. layer the <laughs> anticipation or the unease that I'm feeling. Great show. Great show. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, if you just have two guys in, like, fancy clothes pointing wiggly pistols at each other. Mm -hmm. And you're like, one of these guys is about to get fucking shot and killed Mm -hmm. right the fuck now.
1: I remember you mentioned during, like, uh, a debt collection scene where he's Mm -hmm. saber-dueling a guy. Mm -hmm. You're just like, why am I so tense right now? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's like... Well, it's like very pompous... Mm-hmm. Uh, French nobleman is like Lord Lud. <laughs> yeah, Lord Lud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, is like flourishing. Yeah, as, with his saber movements. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, basically, you have two Raphaels from Soul Calibur going at it against each other, but it's it's with um, the rounded uh, rounded end um, rapiers. Uh, so they're not they're not fighting to the death but it was essentially like hey if I win this duel you fucking owe me. And um the narrator kind of coming in almost letting you know like Barry Linden wins this fight. <laughs> He's an accomplished swordsman. Yeah, it's like his uh, knowledge of the
1: sword and willingness to use it. Mhm.
0: Which insured, is just so fucking cool.
1: It's a good line. Ensured yeah. the uh the uh, re- uh reputation of the
0: of the uh like the company or whatever yeah like the, the reputation of the company so to speak yeah that uh when, when you do owe them money they aim to collect and they, yeah. they will when the bill comes due you pay <laughs> so it, it's I will pay you today sir and it's kind of funny because it wasn't always like death was threatened it was very much so if you wish to get your money you
1: have to demand satisfaction yep you can call me anytime you wish I'm mm-hmm. entirely at your disposal good day <laughs> Yeah, basically it was like I owe you a shit ton of money but I'm not fucking paying you
0: yep so if you, want, if you want to pay me or if you want me to pay you you're gonna have to fucking fight me for you're
1: gonna it have to, you're gonna have to fight me or fucking wait and maybe I'll pay you some money
0: and it's kind of funny because you know directly after that scene you're like I, I was sitting here And I'm sure you were when you, when you watch it, you know, the second time was just like, fuck, that's a lot of money that they have to be raking in from like literally all these nobles from all these different countries and cities, castles, et cetera, et cetera. And then like the narrative comes in to say like, yeah, so actually they uh, didn't have shit except for fancy clothes. It's like, so all they got is a lot of drip. (laughs) <laughs> they got a lot drip though yeah redmond barry sir lord of the drip <laughs> and drip he did <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty big drip yeah it was it was so good so so very good and um just kind of like watching him come from squalor all the way up to acting prim and proper and gentlemanly but also still being kind of a fucking like burly rogue yeah. <laughs> you know like don't piss me off I will beat the fucking shit out of you and you know I uh, love a good opportunist in, in in this sense yeah you know when they're not saying like <laughs> I already took the T-virus <laughs> I'm gonna be a fish monster yeah. you stew just in time for the big show <laughs> like fuck that guy give me Barry Lyndon <laughs> and uh yeah, I could have. I could have used another. I don't know. Fucking twenty hours of Barry Lyndon bullshit.
1: And okay, like like I was telling you, mm-hmm. uh, there's like a a like a, I think there weren't that many made, but there was like, fifteen or so mm-hmm. catalogs of uh, Stanley Kubrick's research and documentation on researching wow. the the Napoleon movie that he never made. Yes. And after watching Barry Lyndon, it's like holy shit. If only. We were robbed of such. I mean, it,
0: yeah, yeah. Like you feel robbed after you watch it because you fate think robbed about what could have of
1: a very great film that almost certainly would have been made.
0: Right. It probably
1: it would. It would have either. It would have either like. I feel like it would have either ruined Stanley Kubrick. Right. Or just like, permanently cemented him. I mean, he was. I mean, he's already well regarded, yeah. but like. But he had perhaps made
0: it, that would be the film that people remember. He
1: wanted to make it originally. He wanted to start making it after two thousand one. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So like, coming right off two thousand one, which I I think did really well. Yeah. That was like, what he set his sights on. He started researching it. He spent like mm-hmm. a year or two. Like, he uh he had like a just like a huge collection of note cards, just like noting, finding like any historical information he could about like seventeen ninety nine. Like it yeah. was raining. Mm-hmm. It was raining this day. Um, uh, something this notable event happened in time. Like yeah.
0: Just like Barry, yeah. They probably would have had little bearance on the film, maybe, but like. Right, but he, he kept it. That was something that was really cool um, when we were kind of watching those interviews and stuff like that. People talking about all the time, effort, and and struggle that went into making Barry Lyndon, where they like would talk about eight how. Eight and a half
1: months or like 300 yeah. days of principal photography.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. All like on location, starting in Ireland. Than going to I believe Austria.
1: I think so. I they sit, I, I know they shot definitely in Ireland and uh, Great Britain. I'm not sure if they shot like the European scenes actually uh-huh. in Europe, but it looks like the historical buildings. Yeah, I guess the <laughs> architecture kind of yeah. fits.
0: That's for certain. And then um, the uh, the dialects that that are kind of picked up as well, they feel fresh, and the way that characters actually talk to each other is really good. The fact that Kubrick didn't really um, nuance himself with the idea of oh i'm worried that my crowd isn't going to know exactly what's being said by this guy who's literally just speaking german in this uh in this scene and then there's english lines Mm -hmm. i'm not going to sit there and have him speaking in a german accent in english so that my crowd knows what he's saying exactly you know what i mean because it's like it wouldn't happen like that, yeah. Because he's speaking to the Prussian army, and <clears throat> only when is when he is actually speaking directly to Barry Lyndon does he speak in English. Even though Barry uh, knows, he's like some pretty knowledgeable German. in German. Yeah, like, uh, and that's the other cool thing is like we saw him progress as a person in his knowledge, his expertise, uh, from being a soldier to being a fucking scandal, uh, uh, scam artist. Um, you know, like he just. He gets progressively more and more roguish as the film goes on.
1: I think the narrator states that uh, when he was in the Prussian service, he yeah. he became accustomed to every sort of misdeed, yeah, or, like, uh, misconduct. Yeah. So yeah, like he just became a criminal in the Prussian army. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And um, they they told him that he kept a bad sphere of influence about him. And, so uh, basically it sounds like all the other soldiers thought he was probably cool as shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he, he he showed them all the cool places to hide their weed. <laughs> yeah, like if you hollow out a log. And, yeah, it's just... It, it's so great. Potsdorf
1: will never find it.
0: And he has so many fucking great lines that just kind of remind you that, like, he's not just, like kind of getting by on luck or anything like that he is he knows what he's doing incredibly witty he's a good social climber yeah, yeah he is fantastic he knows what to say when to say it and how to say it
1: yeah he pretty much gets to the Prussian army position because he says the right things at the right time he yeah
0: new one to bootlick basically <laughs> exactly <laughs> saying that uh if if they were to if he were to be sent to the devil so therefore being killed yeah. Then so he would go to the devil to... Serve the regiment. To serve the regiment.
1: I mean, I guess he didn't know what to say because he blew his cover. Yep. And he was, you know, on the run.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like you're either going to serve the regiment or you're going to fucking die. You fucking I deserter. <laughs> yeah. So it was... It's just so good. Every, every bit of this film was so, so fucking enjoyable. And... Um, God, I would, I would hate to just kind of walk everyone through a three-hour movie. So it's just kind of like there's there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things that happen. Wow. Spectacular. There's a, there's a good point in the movie to take
1: a break if you want.
0: Yeah, there's a nice little intermission. <laughs> and then like the acts actually tell you like, okay, so this is what this entails. Yeah. You know, just to let you know the whole vibe that you've been getting... Uh, is going to change. While we were, like, literally having this gale force upswing, um, it is now for the uh, uh, kind of, like, other boot to, to drop.
1: I think, I can't remember what we talked about while we were recording, because I can't remember 40 minutes ago, but I, <laughs> I think I mentioned the narrator pretty much tells you what's about to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: it's still, like, impactful.
0: Yeah, incredibly. And the only way you can do that is to shoot impactful scenes. Yeah. And Kubrick was, uh, known for being incredibly angry about not being able to figure out what he, how he wanted to shoot his, his first shot. And so like, you know, they would, they would lose many hours trying to figure out how, how they wanted to do it. And, um, going into all those specifics that, that we had kind of learned that they had to do where in order to get the perfect, um, perfect lighting, perfect focus, and everything like that, they had to measure out the distance from the actor to the camera in inches up to, like, 10 feet. And then, um, because of, like, the camera that they were using, had to use, like, a secondary camera to film the camera in a grid. And, like, it it was so technical. It was so insane. And the fact that they went through such struggles to make this film... It shows. Mm-hmm. It shows. It's not all for naught. You know. It's. It was. It was. It was wild, and I've watched uh, a lot of period pieces, and none of them felt as authentic, nor as fun, as this. You know, um, watching things like Anna Karenina, which are which is fun, but you feel almost bored because it's overly flashy from minute one to minute 93 um, so that it, it just kind of feels like you're staring at a gold gilded peacock the entire time <laughs> and nothing changes everything is shiny and there's some crying there's some tragedy and scene you know like we, we start out in mud and we end up in like silk, and velvet and gold and fucking paintings that are as wide as your fucking house. <laughs> and, and like literally seeing the height of uh, 18th century luxury. It's, it's so perfect. So many it's like high plateaus, canyons, plateaus, canyons. Dude, you won't even know who the fuck you are at the end of this movie. It's, um, it's, so great it's mind-blowing without being overtly fucking um cerebral it's you know what i mean yeah yeah
1: it's yeah it's not like 2001 where like you're gonna yeah. leave it like fuck Dude. <laughs> what?
0: yeah are we actually alive am i the space baby am i <laughs> the space ba- are we all living within a cell yeah within the space baby
1: Have we reached the peak of human evolution, and this is the best, the only reason that Monolith has affected us so, is because we can only revert to our (laughs) light
0: form. Yeah, our most baseless selves.
1: Yeah. Barely, yeah, I know it's, I've been like obsessed with it since I rewatched it. Yeah. I I didn't even think we were going to do an episode on it. Right. Until I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm bringing it over, I guess guess we're going to talk about it, Cool.
0: Yeah, because, like, you had told me enough about it. Like, you had kind of kept bringing it up. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of interested the first time that you said something. (laughs) And then the more I listened to you talk about it, the more I was like, I I need to see this. (laughs) And, uh, you know, after seeing it, I was so fucking excited. And it's just still replaying in my fucking head. And um, as I was saying, you know, a a while back, I'm jealous of you because you've seen it so many times the past (laughs) few days. Where it's it's one of those things where it's like man, I kind of want to fucking rewatch that again, um, you know, kind of like The Irishman. I think I end up watching that a total of three times, and yeah. and that was that was spectacular in a in a completely different way. But um, I think that it, if if something our listeners could take away from this, uh, because we have not spoiled the film and we've pretty much given you um, about what I'm comfortable telling telling them about the film. Uh, which isn't much more than what the narrator will tell you before scenes happen. Um, or what you can, you know, essentially uh, infer from reading various synopses, maybe just a, a tad bit deeper. Um, it's just, don't be afraid of long movies. Yeah, You're not going to regret it. Um, If you you really are worried about sitting down for a three-hour film and you think you're going to fucking hate it and you're going to be so upset that you wasted your time with a three-hour film, you should have decided that at two hours in. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because, uh, or, you know, when was the last time that you binge-watched a shit show and for some reason you just couldn't get off your couch or out of your bed or whatever the fuck, and you just kept watching, you're like, wow, that was trash, but somehow I still got through three seasons of Supergirl, (laughs) you know? You actually did that, though, didn't you? I did that. That's I did that. I'm speaking from experience. My tricorn hat so is off to use. Yeah, it. yeah. like I, I did that because, you know, I love comic books and I just kind of kept holding out like, well, maybe this one won't be so corny and bad and awful and trash. And every time, you know, it's like, oh, there's Red Tornado and it looks really bad. It looked like Tasmanian. His legs. Tes- they showed his legs start to go horizontally. Like he was doing the splits <laughs> in the air and then and they posing? Yeah. Okay. And it and he looked like he was literally made out of um like glitter textured spray paint on fucking cardboard. It was awful.
1: Uh back to Barry Landon. I gotta yeah. I gotta mention. Um despite all the effort that went into it, this movie did not do very well for him. Oh, yeah, no. You you said
0: that it flopped here, didn't it? In
1: America, I think it did a lot better in, like, European countries. I can imagine, yeah. Just because I think... Different audience. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It uh, just did not get the level of success that I think he intended to get with
0: that. And see, that's the this, We're looking at 1975. And we
1: watched the trailer. Yeah. Where, like, it was just... The narrator, of the trailer, just quoting all these awards. high praise, yeah, awards, high praise reviews. I do like the one where he said like, it may not be appreciated now, but in time, yeah, it will. It'll, yeah, so it's like a, a fucking a reviewer back a critic back then was like, this
0: might not do very well here, but like yeah, in like it'll be it'll be appreciated more in time. And so it's kind of going on that trailer. If that's really how they were, they were kind of showing it off in, in the states. I can kind of understand why it flopped,
1: because it get like hyped up
0: so much. Well, sort of, but it's like it was an, an incredibly unexciting trailer in a time when we're enjoying sexploitation movies. In
1: 1975, we had movies like uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Um, Dog Day Afternoon. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's more that I can't really think of right now, but yeah, it was a really good. It was a, it was a big, huge movie mm-hmm. in a year with a lot of other big, huge movies.
0: Yeah, and when when you think about, say, the average family in 1975 or average moviegoers in 1975, I don't really see a lot of them having three hours to go and sit in in a movie theater. And, um, just kind of like you know, watching something, you know like this. Uh, I can see them you know, watching some fucking stupid like starsky and Hutch like <laughs> cop movie or you know, um, the newest dubbed kung Fu release. yeah, you know, something of 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 that extent where, um, you're gonna see you're gonna see muscles, you're gonna see. Uh, fast action ass kicking, um <laughs> fast talking, you know, uh fists flying kind of thing. And uh, there's fast cars. <laughs> there's that, all that, barely including the cars. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. <laughs> Those carriages asking. go real fast. Yeah.
1: Um I do want to mention it's like, yeah, the we pretty much told you that it's about like the rise and fall of this guy. Yeah. But it's more about like the journey. Oh yeah. It's about the ride, not like
0: it's the, the Iliad. Yeah. It's the Iliad man. Yeah. We're gonna tell you exactly what happens, like that this guy ultimately has a fucking terrible time, but the way that he gets there is really interesting and entertaining. So strap yourself in and get ready to watch him travel and become a man from, you know, starting off as a literal child.
1: Yeah, it's like it's it's nice to just kinda of, you guess get enveloped in the world yeah. for three hours and then you're set, you're set loose Hit the credits and just, yeah, it's, you kind of wish you'd just go back.
0: Yeah, yeah. And see, that's just it. Is I don't think that the trailer really conveyed that emotion or that idea at all. And um, when I hear a lot of, like, rave reviews just getting spit at me, mm-hmm. they don't mean anything. Yeah. You know, and, like, the narrator's voice for the commercial was just like, blah, 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 calls it tantalizing beautiful brilliant bombasting you know whatever it's a triumph for the ages and like obviously we have the original kind of grainy washed out looking 1970s kind of um you know uncleaned picture yeah you know this is what we're capable of this is what it looks like Uh, it looks like your grandmother's old vhs collection Mm -hmm. and they're showing some scenes but overall not at all, I think, what the film actually delivered. Uh, I feel like it would have been more impactful if it actually gave you a synopsis of the film. And then, you know, it was just kind of like Barry Lyndon or, you know, Redmond Barry, a man on his way to seek out noblesse and uh, titles, mm-hmm. land. And how did he fall and things of that nature. Um, I feel like it would have actually maybe been a little bit more impactful, maybe throw in some of that, you know, delicious classical music on top of it. Um, and try to kind of pull in with intrigue rather than, oh, people say this is good, let's go see it. Yeah. You know, good I don't yeah. I I I don't know. It's um it's one of those things where I, I don't think that it was uh, eye catching enough nor interesting enough for the time. Uh, versus if it were to have come out in the two thousands, maybe um, where we started seeing a lot of more modern uh, period pieces. Nineties, it's a toss up. It's a toss up. I think I want to say uh, Scorsese directed *The Age of Innocence*. Mhm. I need to see that sometime. I wouldn't mind. Goddamn Day that. Lewis. Yeah, can it can it be bad? I don't th- I don't think it can. Has he been in a bad movie? I don't think he is, or has, or... I don't think he's capable of it. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the same could be said for the 80s, too, because the 80s was like... The 80s was obsessed with the 50s. The 80s were obsessed with the 50s, obsessed with uh, bad dudes doing cool shit, (laughs) and horror, you know, adding on to the 1970s horror, and slashers. You know, like, they just... Had to have it. Drugs, slashers, and action. A lot of cop movies in the 80s, too. More than the 70s, maybe. Live and Die in LA. Live and Die in I mean, podcast for two people, top 10. Yeah. I put it there. Somewhere. Oh, man. It's so good. It's so good. I love that fucking song. It's a great song. I still love that fucking song. <laughs> But, yeah, I I don't really have anything else to add. And, you know, if you ended up listening to this whole episode and then watching a three hour movie, congratulations. Like the Irishman, you've just spent four hours uh, on this title. And, um. If there was
1: like a five hour cut, I'd watch it.
0: I would watch it too. (laughs) I would watch it too. It's 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 so fantastic. I can't believe that I've watched two three hour movies with you, felt like I spent maybe an hour on them, and am so hungry for more, but I am satisfied with what I got. You know what I mean? I'm not overly sad that it that there's no more. I think that it was such a fine fucking bow wrapped on it.
1: I uh yeah, no. After I rewatched, I guess I've been kind of obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Enough to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to make Tyler watch this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, hopefully you could see this and feel the same way. Yeah, I really hope so too. And again, just stop being afraid of long movies. You know, uh, you don't have to watch the whole thing in one sitting. Like
1: we said, there's a the perfect... Intermission there. You could watch like an... Yeah, I think it's quite literally an hour and a half in.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, you could split it up. I I don't know. I don't really think that you'll will lose anything from, you know, stopping, but... Um,
1: I do have to say, like, the end,
0: pre-intermission...
1: Yeah. And then, like, right when it comes back in, uh-huh. it just completely brings you back up to... I would say it would yeah. bring you completely back up to speed.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so masterfully done. It's so dumb how good <laughs> this movie was put together. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, without continuously repeating myself and giving this, you know uh 45 year old movie uh more and more praise um goddamn yeah definitely one of my favorite films and definitely my favorite period piece now uh cannot recommend enough just try and watch it and uh I would have to I would have to agree with uh,
1: with Mr. Scorsese
0: yeah oh yeah it's definitely a fucking masterpiece and uh, much like the Library of Alexandria, I am very sad. We will never see that uh, Napoleon movie. Just like we'll never know all the knowledge that was in Alexandria. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a total loss of something that you didn't. You don't know the contents of. Uh-huh. You know, The idea of.
1: See, yeah, there was like a book or like some sort of collection, but it was like super fucking expensive and like pretty exclusive. I, yeah. I don't even know. I feel. Yeah, I think though, I made like a handful. I like reproductions of all this stuff
0: and you know what i feel like owning it and looking through it would just make me more sad
1: yeah i don't think i want to go through that
0: yeah i think that it would be something like if i if i owned it i would have to make a vow to myself <laughs> to never open it and read <laughs> upon its contents because i would just be so absolutely fucking heartbroken that it didn't happen um especially after seeing barry linden man oh god Oh, everything that they went through to make such a fantastic film. But I think that, uh, I'm good. I have nothing left to add. How about yeah, yourself? Yeah, I, I, I think I've said all I can say. Spoken our pieces. Perfect. Are you satisfied? I've, I've received satisfaction, sir. So. <laughs> good. As have I. And, uh, it's been awesome to get back into, uh, making episodes yeah. with, with, my, with my best friend. And, uh, (laughs) man, what a time to be alive. Just glad we don't have to do it alone anymore. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. All right, well, we'll talk at you next time.
1: I have the honor of bidding you good day.
0: (laughs) Mm, Good day to you, sir. Good day.